Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Hebrews. Today is episode 864, and we're looking at Hebrews chapter 1, verses 5 through 14. Let's read the passage. For to which of the angels did he ever say, You are my son, today I have become your father. Or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. Again, when he brings his firstborn into the world, he says, and let all God's angels worship him. And about the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds and his servants a fiery flame. But the son, your throne God is forever and ever, and the scepter of your kingdom is a scepter of justice. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. This is why God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of joy beyond your companions. And, in the beginning, Lord, you established the earth, and the heavens are the works of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like clothing. You will roll them up like a cloak, and they will be changed like clothing. But you are the same, and your years will never end. Now to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve those who are going to inherit salvation? This is the book of Hebrews, written by an unknown person to an unknown group. But it's a very important book because it deals with just, there's a lot of theology here, but also deals with the reality of don't turn away from following Christ. There is nothing else to turn to. Christ is superior. Last time we looked at where he said that in the past, God had spoken through the prophets, but now he speaks through his son and that he has taken care of the sin problem and that everything was created through him, but he now sustains all things and sits at the right hand of the majesty on high. So we saw this idea of the threefold office of Jesus, prophet, priest, and king. And then he topped it off with, and he is superior to the angels. Now he's writing to a Jewish audience, we think, and things are getting tough being a follower of Christ, and they're tempted to fall back into Judaism. Judaism is tolerated by the Roman authorities, and Christianity is coming under fire. And it's it's getting hard. And so there's a temptation to slip back into Judaism. His argument throughout this whole letter is, don't do it. Christ is superior. So it closed out last time with Christ is superior to the angels. And that's all he's going to talk about here. This is a long paragraph, 5 through 14. It's divided up into three sub-paragraphs. And in it, he's talking about the angels. So verses 5 and 6 are this first sub-paragraph. In verse 5 he says, For to which of the angels did he ever say, You are my son, today I have become your father. So this is an answer to Christ is superior to the angels. Now he's going to talk about angels. And he quotes Psalm 2 verse 7. You are my son, today I have become your father. Now, sometimes in the Old Testament, you see a reference to angels 
as sons of God, like in Job, where the sons of God gathered before him and Satan was there. So we see a few places this idea of angels as sons of God. But his point here is, nowhere do you see God speaking individually to an angel here, calling him my son. In the psalm, you are my son. Today I become your father. This is Mark chapter 1, the baptism of Jesus, the voice from heaven says, this is my son. And he says, or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. This is a quote from 2 Samuel 7.14. Now, in 2 Samuel, Nathan the prophet is speaking to David. David wants to build a temple. And Nathan says, I've got a message from God. God does not want you to build the temple. God will have your descendant build the temple. Specifically Solomon. But the idea there is that David's descendants would carry this title of son being sons of God. And Jesus, as a descendant of David, carries on this idea of son of God. And his point is, nowhere does God ever refer to angels this way. In verse 6, again, when he brings his firstborn into the world, he says, and let all God's angels worship him. This is a quote from Deuteronomy 32.43, sort of in that it's a quote from the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament. The Hebrew Old Testament doesn't actually have this phrase in it. So if you look up Deuteronomy 32:43, you're not going to see this phrase and let all God's angels worship him. The rest of the verse matches in the Septuagint and the Hebrew Old Testament. And this is just an example of all of the Old Testament quotes here come straight from the Septuagint. There's no real Hebrew mixed in. It's all Greek, which shows something about the author, that he's comfortable using the Greek version of the Old Testament, probably not the Hebrew version. And he's probably writing to a group of Jewish Christians who are comfortable also in the Greek. But this passage let all God's angels worship him. This is obviously showing the superiority of Christ to the angels. The angels are called to worship him. Now he says when he brings his firstborn into the world. Well, firstborn is referring to the son, Christ. And there we look something like Psalm 89, 27, where the psalmist says, I will appoint him my firstborn the most exalted of the kings of the earth. He's speaking of David there, but the idea that he's appointing David as the firstborn. Well, David's the youngest of his brothers. And the idea here is that firstborn is not the first one born. It's an honorific title. It means highest priority. So firstborn, don't think chronology, think most important. So his idea here is that the psalmist is saying this is of David. He's being pointed the most important. And the writer of Hebrews is applying that to Jesus Christ, specifically with the idea that angels worship him. So this first section is speaking of the superiority of Christ over the angels in that Jesus is the Son of God and the angels are called to worship him. 
Second segment, verses 7 through 12, verse 7, And about the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds, and his servants a fiery flame. This is a quote from Psalm 104, verse 4. And it's just speaking of angels here. There's some debate about what exactly is meant there, but it's showing that the angels are created beings. He makes the angels this way, and they tend to change based on the mission, based on what God has called them to do. So they're created beings, and they're changeable. But then he contrasts that in verse 8. But to the Son, your throne God is forever and ever, and the scepter of your kingdom is the scepter of justice. Pause there. Verses 8 and 9 is a quote from Psalm 45, verses 6 and 7. Now here we see the eternal nature of Christ. He's eternal and unchanging compared to the angels who are created and changing. Verse 9, you have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. This is why God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of joy beyond your companions. There's some data of who the companions are. The best guess from our perspective, as far as who the companions of Christ are, would be Christians, his companions on earth. And, but he's been elevated way beyond them. So speaking of the deity of Christ, the way the writer Hebrews is putting this, he says, this is what God is saying about the Son. Your throne, God, is forever and ever. So here we have God calling the Son God. In verse 9, this is why God, your God, it sounds awkward, but the way it's, it's worded, I think the way he's using it, you, you could almost say, this is why Jesus, your Father, so, this is why God, this is why Jesus, your God, your Father. So, this is referring to the deity of Jesus. This is, again, why he's superior to the angels. The angels are created beings. Jesus is creator. In verse 10, And in the beginning, Lord, you established the earth, and the heavens are the works of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like clothing. You'll roll them up like a cloak, and they will be changed like clothing. But you are the same, and your years never end. This is a quote from Psalm 102, verses 25 to 27. Now, Psalm 102 originally being addressed to God, but the writer of Hebrews is using this, saying that this is what God says about Jesus Christ. And in it, you see the idea that creation is temporary. It will pass away, but the Son is eternal. Then the last section, verses 13 and 14, he says, Now, to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool? This is a quote from Psalm 110, verse 1. This was generally universally understood to be a messianic psalm, speaking about the Messiah. And here he's saying the Messiah, the Son, sits at his right hand. Being told by God, sit at my right hand. Angels stand before God. Here, Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father on a throne. In verse 14, are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve those who are going to inherit salvation? Here he's speaking of the angels. Well, 
the Son sits on the throne at the right hand of the Father, the angels are servants, doing things to advance God's plan, specifically to serve those who are going to inherit salvation. That is, those who are following Christ, going to follow Christ. The angels are sent to facilitate that. So through all this, he's just using seven quotes from the Old Testament, and he's hammering down the point that Christ is superior to the angels. Now, why is that? Angels were a big deal to first century Christians. There was a lot of discussion about angels. Angels were just a big thing. And let's face it, angels are pretty impressive. Angels are very powerful. Angels are close to God. But the Son, Jesus Christ, is superior to the angels. Angels were known to be messengers from God. Angels were known to carry out the will of God. Angels were known to intervene in the affairs of people, to carry out missions from God. But as powerful as angels are, as impressive as angels are, the Son, Jesus Christ, is superior. So don't go looking to follow angels to do other things. Cling to the Son. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Hebrews.